For the past few months, a psychologist, a physiotherapist, a physiologist, a coach, a performance analyst and a biomechanist have been having debates about the big questions in sport. Welcome to Sports Debate. I'm your host, John Mills, and today I'm joined by Tristan Meglothlin and Jay Mathams as we talk about success versus victory. So let's just throw that open then to start with. So for you, Trist, when, when does winning matter? Um, I think um, when there's a personal uh, point to winning. So if you look at how our Olympic sports are funded in this country, it's based on what medals are won. And the focus is on those athletes winning the medals and maybe even the coaches that coach them. But I was brought up by um, a single mum who worked for a, an NGB that if they won medals, she got, her, you know, she kept her job. The amount of Olympic uh, sports that off the back of a cycle might reduce their funding. It's not the athletes at the top end will get their funding cut or the or the notable coaches that we know about it's the it's the margins around the edge and um and so i think that there's a level of um you know there's people's livelihoods at stake but also i think a lot of people think that they're they're doing the right thing by protecting the future of their sport and you know if medals brings in more money for your sport then you'll you'll do a lot to make sure that that money comes in. Jay, what's your view on when winning matters? I, I guess my, my view on success from an amateur and semi-pro point of view is um, winning is doing well for yourself or doing well for your team. So, for instance, winning to your team might be finishing mid-table in, in, the, in the league you've just been promoted to. So it might be that you don't actually win a trophy or you... You win a win a cup or win an accolade of any sense. It's winning is what means most to you, and it might be we want to achieve this goal this season. Um, and any winning is what is meaningful to you, I think. Um, mm. But that's that's kind of my middle of the ground, not quite working at an elite level, but not quite working at the level um, where you're just starting out in grassroots and, and youth development. It's mm. kind of like what's important to you. What are we going to achieve today? If we don't win the game, but we still work towards the process of what you want to achieve, then uh, that's just as important in my view. So mm. I know it's a little bit of a wishy-washy answer, but I guess winning is what means or is meaningful to you as an individual and as a team, isn't it, at the level which you're playing at? Mm. I guess my question is, what are you working towards? What? What? Mm. So you said that winning is achieving what you've what you're working towards I, I just wonder if it's not promotion and if it's not uh developing young players like what is what is winning for you cool good question depends what context it's in i mean i can only really speak from previous experience and that was one of them we um i was coaching a an amateur side who we um we got promoted to the top division at a county level in football we had, we had no, no real right to be in that league. Um, and winning for me, and I was a joint manager at the time, winning for me was competing every week. And that wasn't necessarily winning the game. It was making sure that we 
we we left a good account of ourselves on the pitch, earned respect from each other and, and the other team, and just enjoying the ride really. So um, that was winning for me was making sure that my my group of uh, group of players were enjoying enjoying the enjoying the season, enjoying the experience, and um, we were never going to win the league. And I, I guess winning was not getting relegated mm. in its in its purest objective sense. But um, it was more about let's be competitive, which is very subjective, of course. It's almost that's almost not winning per se. It's more like how we define success in sport, right? That, that you're defining success as surviving because of the context that you're competing within. Um, I guess. I guess when when should the focus be on winning, uh, in the sense of. So that's that kind of developing players works definitely at academy level of sport and junior sport. Uh, but as you've worked in senior sport, both of you, I kind of, from my experience of senior sport, players quickly get demoralized and disheartened if they're losing games every week. Players often want to win uh, and they may be realistic and not and know that the goal is really to be competitive rather than to win now, but most of those kind of senior players that I've worked with are working towards winning at some point. Like that's the goal. If it was just going to be treading water forever, then they probably would stop and do something else. Um, so the question yeah. is, when does winning become the most important thing, or does it ever? Um, yeah, I, d I don't know that it does. I mean, I know I mentioned about funding, but I think. You, you set your goal out at the beginning of a season where you will, you know, Jay might talk to his uh, boys about, you know, our, our objective is to stay in the league. Um, and then, and then you put that to the side and you put in the process and the, and the focus is on that. And and if you continue to just focus on winning, that's an outcome oriented goal that really you have quite limited scope of whether that can happen or not. So actually what you want to do is say, these are our goals for the year or these are our goals for two, three, four years if you're talking at Olympic level. And then you go away and work towards those goals and and you work at a standard that means that you can achieve those goals. So, um, yeah, I think if you, if you focus on winning, you don't really have control over that, but you do have control over how well you play and you do have control over getting better during the season as a player or an athlete. Um, and so I think the, the story that you said, John, about the coach and talking to the young boy, I think this is where we've got to now is that the difference between winning and not at a lot of levels is financially, you know, massive different accolades are massively different. So it started to become about doing stuff that you you know to to bring your opposition down rather than rather than the the whole thing about competition is to test yourself so competition comes from the latin word competere which to strive together i think we've gone away from that now i think that it's you're trying to dominate your opposition and and therefore we won and actually it'd be really good kath bishop talks about this or wrote about this in her book the long win um she wrote about you know why don't we um collaborate to try and see what achievements we can achieve and we can get and push the boundaries 
and, and I think we've gone way beyond that now, well away. And and the the offshot of being successful is the risks, uh, the decisions made to win by people that need the funding or a coaching will always impact the health of the people that are doing it. So mm-hmm. coaches make decisions at what cost is winning acceptable? Well, if it's if it's my health, then my my cost is really great. But if you're the guys that are making the decision about my health, then the threshold level might be significantly lower. Mm-hmm. Um, because we all we all gain an advantage, but I gain a greater disadvantage. Um, mm. So I think it depends. The cost depends on who you're asking. That's seen in lots of uh, contexts of management more broadly, isn't it? That it's kind of one rule for one, one rule for others. Um, I just picking up on a quick point around that kind of competitive advantage. I think I think that's absolutely spot on. One of the things that I talk about. Um, so for over the last couple of years, I've been going into football clubs uh, for research. Uh, professional football clubs, Premier League teams, um, championship teams, uh, and the like. And one of the things that always, always comes out is, like, you can't talk about what you've seen here today at the training ground, as if there's some kind of special source that that they're using. Um, And you go into every club, and every club says the same thing, and no one is doing anything remotely innovative whatsoever. Um, But everybody thinks they're on the cutting edge. Everyone thinks they've got some kind of special source. Um, but the reality is they're all hoarding their own little piece of the world, but actually like it's no different from anybody else's. And when you're bouncing around between clubs, like I often have to, uh, you get to see kind of, you get to see those similarities that, that they're trying to shield from everybody else. It just doesn't make any sense. Maybe we come back to that in a minute. Jay, you had your hand up a second ago. Yeah, I, I think when you go through the process, I mean, football, much like you, John, is my background. I always think about working your way up through the academy, um, maybe through a reserve or development side through to the first team. I think the emphasis shifts from the process to um, the output when you probably reach the top of your club or organisation, when that's when you need to start producing results. Um, So... I mean, I can only really use football or even, even even rugby, to be fair, as that kind of, you work your way through, you work your way through the process. But when you get to the top of your organisation, it's all about output and, and performance. Um, so I'm, I, I guess that's the cutoff, isn't it, from when you're planning to be, or your, desi- your desired uh, performance is up here, and this is your actual performance. And this is when you get to the top of your organisation, you need to be really getting cl- quite close to the, uh, the optimum performance. So I guess that's when winning does become important. Yeah, that's kind of touching on something I was thinking about that Trish said around uh, process and outcome goals, mm-hmm. that really you want a mixture of these things. If you focus too much on the process, then athletes can kind of lose sight of some of the some of the point and purpose like the bigger picture for what they're trying to achieve that kind of vision around where they want to get to in their career that gives them that drive and that motivation to keep them moving and advancing um it could be a bit never-ending just like just keep going and going you you need you need some sort of um uh data to show you where the improvement is and and that you know so so 
you know, a gold medal in four years where you don't just rock up to the Olympics and think, oh, I might win. You've got all the data to show that this is how fast you're going or quick you're running or, you know, and, and then and then you've got an idea of before you get to the Olympics, how you're going to perform. And and so rather than, and you're still focused on the process, but part of the process is getting better. And part of the pro, and part of understanding how you've got better is feedback about these are my scores or times or goals or whatever it is. Mm. So does it matter? Does winning matter more in competitions than it does in leagues? Or is it not that, or is that not the, the problem? Is that not the, the differentiator? What do you guys think? I think that there's um, <clears throat> there's a lot of talk about um, winning culture, um, a winning mindset. Uh, I mean, I'm doing some, you know, high level study into culture and uh, Olympic level, and I don't understand what a winning culture means, um, and yet it's used quite liberally, and I think it's attributed to teams that are successful and then people go in and look at how what they do and then they attribute things to that to that what team you, what do you think it means a winning culture yeah just win. well i mean Regular. it could mean it could mean anything really couldn't it it could mean that you're willing to do anything to put the win ahead of of, of absolutely anything to me that would be a winning culture is that you're willing to do whatever is achieved but but the offshot of that is that if you do things like dope or cheat your opposition, then that's not a winning culture. So, so that's the bit that I don't understand. I, that's the, um, the balance of trying to understand what they mean or a winning culture. Is that a culture where they, they have a great time. Um, and if they're successful, that's marvelous. But sometimes that, you know, took Jurgen Klopp a long time to win a long time and there's a lot of talk of his culture i remember when they were celebrating drawing against norwich or someone <laughs> a few years ago and just mm. thinking this is ridiculous but he, you know, he's plugged away and now they're winning mm. is that a winning culture can you have a winning culture without actually winning mm. if the win comes eventually i i don't know but it's you you know every day there's a podcast or a book or a something promoting a winning culture Mm. And I don't, I have no idea what that means. Mm. That's why there's so many books, Tristan, isn't there? Because it, it's it's so um, open to interpretation. Mm. I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said about um, you could create a really fun culture within a team. So if you look at, for instance, the Brazilian national team in football, um, known for in, in, enjoying the flair and the, and the fun of the game, or even on a, a much much less lesser level like uh, Wimbledon the crazy gang I mean comparing that team to um, obviously they were good professionals and they were uh, um, very good players but in terms it must be difficult to compare them to a really really professionals not the word but um, more serious side is that fair to say I don't, I, do you know what, what point I'm getting at really you can imagine lot, lots of fun going on in training lots of uh, lots of um, pranks and whatnot and that that could galvanize a, a culture of um taking the pressure off uh, unity within a team so um like you say there's, there's books and podcasts and information coming out every day about this is what is the winning culture when really it, it it's so dependent on context who you've got in your squad the makeup of the, that squad and it's fascinating really 
A, cl- a classic one for that, a really classic one is the All Blacks. This idea, you know, if you tidy your changing room after you play, that that leads to you being better at rugby. I mean, it's nonsense. Mm. It's just, there's no link there at all. They have the best players and they recruit from some other countries. It's the, it's the number one sport in that country and they play other teams where it's not their number one sport. I mean, they're phenomenal, but we really... And then other other teams follow them. Japan did it after they got knocked out in the Football World Cup in 2018. Well, you lost. You lost. Mm. It doesn't matter if you clean the changing room. Mm. Um, but it, we attribute these things that we think are positive attributes or characteristics of people, and then we go, well, the, and they win. So therefore, if they, if we, if we do this, you know, they have a no dickheads policy at the All Blacks as well, which I'm adamant is just a distraction that other people follow, which means that you discount a talented player because they're a bit edgy and they're hard to coach, and the All Blacks are laughing their head off because they don't really do it. They, they mm-hmm. say they do, but, um, you know, if the best scrum half in the world is doing whatever he wants to do, they're probably going to still pick him. Mm. Do you think that's a lazy link, Tristan, in terms of, like, saying, because the All Blacks do this, this is what makes them amazing, without actually analysing what they've got in their squad? I think the context is, is a bit is a bit key you know how we interpret it is we'll all interpret that information different but context is pretty key and I think that these stories are told by people who have a vested interest in them working so again I you know I, I saw a story after England got into the semi-final of the World Cup in 2018 about how they were doing swimming races on dinghies it's like, well, but Harry Kane is one of the best strikers in the world that's you know, that's why we're getting further into competitions because we have more world-class players. Now, there's a thing there about team and culture, and but but if you have not very good players, then actually none of that is... It might help, but it's not... You still have to go out and perform. Um, so I think the link is normally sold by people that the reality of performance sport is you get the best athletes, you put them together you work to make sure that they all understand the common goal and they'll probably beat everybody else because they're the best athletes. That's, that's quite boring. So let's tell a story about, you know, some wild, weird thing, you know, British cycling did this and that's why they won. It's like, well, it's just nonsense, but, but it sells, it sells and it, and, and, and then, and then it drips down. So then you have, you know, we have, conversations at youth level about marginal gains mm. it's like the kids aren't turning up why are you worried about marginal gains to get the kids to turn up once they're there get them to engage make it fun mm. do that don't worry about whether you know they've got heated trousers <laughs> it reminds me of um like diet fads like if you want to lose weight, you move more and you eat less. Yeah, yeah. But there's a whole industry and thousands of best-selling books and authors talking about various different ways of doing it. But really, we know as human beings, move more, eat, consume fewer calories, probably lose weight. Like it's, it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that, but we want to make it more complicated to sell its snake oil, right? It's, mm. it's, it's, it's a bit like a magician it, it's for me it's a bit like look over here i'm going to sell this mm-hmm. thing over in my right hand and while you're looking at that my left hand is just getting on with the real foundation of what sport is 
at mm-hmm. any level is getting the basics extremely right under extreme mm-hmm. pressure and fatigue. And you're all looking over here at, you know, you know, yeah, chicken nuggets. That's mm-hmm. just, well, yeah. you're not going to sprint as quickly as Usain Bolt if you eat chicken nuggets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I think you're right. It's um, the more time that you can get your opponent to be investing in things that are, are going to detract them from doing the things that matter, yeah. then actually you're going to uh, develop uh, it's like psychological warfare, really, isn't it? It's kind of in a very kind of insidious sneaky way but really it is it's can you just can you distract your opponents um okay so one thing i just wanted to briefly talk about is when you were talking about these distinctions between winning and i think jay was talking about kind of conflating success and winning i thought i'll do what a good academic does and i'll look at the definition for winning so what do you guys think the definition of winning is without googling it and cheating Uh, enjoying a victory over an opposition, something like that. I mean, I'm sure it's you know, longer words and more succinct, but... Go on, Jay, what do you reckon? What do you think the definition uh, for winning is? Triumphing triumphing in the competition that you are entering in. Yeah, I think both of you are pretty much on... So there are a lot of different... Uh, there are a lot of different definitions for winning and, and you won't be hugely surprised about... But the top one is to be successful or victorious in a contest or conflict. And that made me think that that definition does cover everything you're saying in that sense of some people are interested in the victory. They are literally interested in scoring more goals than their opponent or a boxer knocking their opponent out or scoring more points, whatever it may be. Whereas some people are talking more in terms of what Jay's saying about being successful successful is different it might not mean scoring more points it might mean achieving your personal goals that's then a success even if you aren't victorious um so i guess i guess that's the probably why there's so much confusion and so much ambiguity around the term it's that winning can mean both Is success and is victory, are they mutually exclusive or is winning some kind of weird hybrid of the two? We we talk about we talk about football a lot on here. And for me, the concept of time wasting is quite an interesting one. You go and watch a game, you're you're watching 90 minutes plus whatever for subs and injuries. Um, I went to a game, Chelsea Newcastle before COVID, and Newcastle were um time wasting before half time. I mean, what what is what are we doing here? What is the purpose? Is it why why are fans there? Are fans there just for you to you know we won great three points on we go to the next one, or is there a level of expectation that in your pursuit of winning you do it in the right way? So I watched last week Man City were um, it might have been the week before Champions League semi final against Paris Saint Germain. 
at no stage during that match did I see Man City time wasting. Even in the 80 odd minute, they just didn't. And it, and it's it's like, well, that's really rare. They would normally be banging it off people's shins, trying to get a corner, play it short, but they weren't. Just they were playing their normal game because that's what their value system in that club or under that manager is about, is, is we play football and that's what we're going to do. Mm. And I thought, well, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So there's two things there, and I'm going to bring Jay in because I know he loves to talk about Jose Mourinho. But uh, as a West Ham fan, when we had Sam Allardyce as our manager, the amount of conversations I had with fellow fans around how we go about playing and how we go about winning, um, it, people like Sam Allardyce really are divisive in that sense that he will win. He will get victories in that sense. He will get points. Um, but how you go about doing it is not entertaining. It's it's not. Uh, and I saw a quote from him I think it was last night with the West Ham West Brom game saying that comments like this were disgusting. Um, but I stand by every word I say, having watched uh, Sam as manager of West Ham for, for the time that I did. Um, there are ways to win. There are ways to be victorious. And if, if being victorious is the most important thing, then somebody like Sam Allardyce is what you get or Steve Bruce at Newcastle is what you get. Um, but it, but point, points mean money. So mm. that's that's actually what it's about it's yeah. medals points um titles it's all about money whether it's money going into your back pocket directly or eventually because you can go and sell your story and and your journey or you gain promotion to stay in the league it, it's it's all of this is driven by money i was gonna say it, it's crazy isn't it when obviously three points um it's a real thing. That's what you achieve by winning a game of football. You you have, um, for instance, Newcastle went to Leicester um, and beat them 4-2. And you know, like, everyone was like, that's a really good performance. Um, on the counter-attack, um, really clinical, took their chances. If Man City went to Leicester and won 4-2 in the style that they do, I'm sure City would probably get much more praise for being on the front foot, taking the game to Leicester, um, forcing the issue. But at the end of the day, their outcome is exactly the same. So a lot of people would probably say to about the Newcastle win, oh, that was a that was a fantastic win, but it's probably a little bit lucky they were clinical with their chances. Whereas mm. if you if somebody talks to you about a Man City, a Man City win of the same stature, you'd be like, well, it's Man City, they dominate the game, they played the football in the right way. When mm. the outcome is exactly the same. So it's crazy how people just interpret a way of winning when the outcome is exactly the same. Mm. I think in a in like a binary thing as well, the flip side of winning is losing. And mm. and I think for a long period of time in sport in this country, football unfortunately has continued at international level, but <clears throat> this sort of glorious loser. So we, you know, we really tried to win, but actually England aren't, you know, we're sort of the glorious loser, the great runner up. And then, and then that's changed massively across multiple sports, Olympic, Paralympic, but also our international teams are now successful. And I think that if the, if the thought process is that if you don't win, you lose, then we don't like that anymore. And we've been quite spoiled about the idea that we, that we win. Therefore, winning is really important. 
and it has to happen now and tomorrow and and what you were talking about with forecasting that longer view mm. i don't think there's much reward for that no. you're, you're rewarded to win you're not rewarded for develop frank lampard wasn't rewarded for getting in the top four and developing those chelsea academy players he, he just wasn't he was sacked mm. so so actually if there's no reward for it then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that the fewer people will look at that longer term success and then they'll go well someone else will benefit from me setting it up because i'll be sacked before it it, it happens yeah. so I think there's two things there that there's an expectation in this country now that we do win and if you don't win you lose but then also the risk of of trying to play this longer way of doing things means that you might get sacked along the way anyway because even at the top levels of british sport people are being judged based on their medal hall right so the performance director of team gb i'm not sure if that's the exact title but if they do terribly if the if the if we don't get the medals that we're expected to get then that person will be out on their backside rather than thinking well that person's been building for for four years actually we might see the gains in four years time or eight years time or 12 years time whatever it may be what is the name of this person not if it's not performance director i saw you smile there tristan uh well it will be it will be um like uk sport but it will be more the performance director of each sport within the uk so you have a performance director for each funded sport and they're they're essentially the ones that have to go and explain their performances and 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 they have to sort of pitch for their value for their funding so mm. um uh you know sometimes it's the amount of medals that you win but but actually if you win one fewer like rowing did in rio but you win one extra gold actually that you know they'd much rather gold and silvers than than lots of bronzes so mm -hmm. um they're the people that are essentially on the chopping block but then but then sometimes they're not and it's the head coaches so it, there's yeah powers that be in these sports are the ones that are responsible for the fun future funding so is it the government that are setting these targets then around the f they're, they're they the ones that are saying look we'll only give you funding if you win so they fund uk sport and then uk sport fund the sports and so uk sport will have an algorithm that decides how many medals each sport will win and then they allocate funding based on on how, what they believe will achieve that so cycling uh cycling swimming athletics rowing and sailing have historically been the five that have been funded the most i'm, I'm pretty sure that's right mm -hmm. um but then also they've got a pedigree of performing so rowing were winning prior to the 97 funding so they started with a bit more money and then they then they were successful so then they got more money and then they've maintained that success um whereas other sports some sports got funded in london for example to home games and then they weren't funded after that and then that's it how how are you going to perform well if you're relying on volunteers or people with full-time jobs to train around that to then compete against other countries who are funded full-time so i think the, the point i was trying to get at is who's pushing this short-term thinking oh well i think it's probably the government and then through the government uk sport because I think that probably increasingly now, I, I don't know how many, much people would know about stuff like sports washing, but sport is seen as a real soft way of promoting your government or your, your country is a strong 
country, but also your government's ideology of this is a really good thing. And the and the medal table at the Olympics historically didn't exist. It's a man-made thing that we created to demonstrate which countries were doing better than others. Um, so so I think that if you if you fund fund a sport, get medals, get high on the Olympic table, it will demonstrate that we're a strong country and our government's ideology on things is really good in the world. But actually, I'm not, I mean, where, where's the evidence of that? I've no idea. Mm. I think I'm sure I've, I've watched a documentary about the Brazilian national football team and how the government invested heavily into them in the 50s and 60s to detract from some of the uh, atrocities that were going on at home because everyone was going look how amazing this football team is again it's that kind of sleight of hand look at this amazing football mm -hmm. team brazil's great when actually like widespread poverty people children starving to death but don't look at that look at the guys kicking the ball yeah, look how happy they are yeah exactly I think that will do for this evening, gents. Thank you very much for your time. If anybody has any questions following from the discussions, you can tweet at Sports Debate Pod, all one word. That's at Sports Debate Pod. Or you can email sportsdebate at awfullygood.org. Uh, if you head over to the Awfully Good website, that's awfullygood.org website, uh, there's a page for the podcast now so you can check old episodes and ask questions in various different ways and we will be back shortly with another question and another debate thanks very much this podcast is produced by john mills on behalf of that awfully good community interest company music by john bartman and gabrielle douglas